Hi, welcome to a brand new edition of Current Account Podcast. Today, we're going to be delving on a topic which has been widely discussed for almost a month now. But there isn't so much literature explaining to us what exactly each of these components mean. I'm here talking about the investment book of banks. There are three categories, AFS, HTM, Help for Trade and so on. With me, I have Ajit Velani, Director Crystal, to break down what exactly each of these mean and how you should perceive when somebody tells you that India is not so prone, at least as far as the banking sector is concerned, to interest rate hikes because our investment book is very much in check for the banking system. Thank you for joining in, Ajit. Uh, first, if you could break us down through the different uh, types of instruments that banks have at dispensation with respect to how they can play around with investments. Classification of investments is in three categories and it is linked to what is the intention that the bank has with respect to holding these mm. investments. Most of the investments that Indian banks have are in bond securities and mostly also government of India securities. Mm. So in that context, the first is what is called held to maturity. So as the name suggests, once you have purchased it, you intend to hold on till you get the entire proceeds back on maturity. Mm. The second category is what is called held for trading, Mm. where your intention is to actively trade. And in a way, the implicit assumption is that you will do the trade at least within a 90-day period Mm. post-purchase. If you don't classify it in either held to maturity or held for trade, you call it as available for sale, which means that we may not intend to hold it fully to maturity, but at the same time, you're not intending to also take advantage of short-term movements in bond Mm. prices or interest rates and do a trade. So largely the three classification of investments is held to maturity, held for trade and available for sale. Help me understand this. Most of these what we're talking about here are GSEC. So is it at the discretion of the bank to classify it in any other manners? And how often banks get the leeway to shuffle between one classification and another? So uh, maybe just before I explain that, uh, one important concept when we look at this classification mm. is really the accounting implications mm. that we see. Mm. Right? Mm. So there is this term we use called marked to market yes. or MTM. So the logic or a concept mm. of a marked to market is to say mm. that today what I am holding as a bond, mm. the valuation of the bond should reflect the current market value. Now, what does that mean? So in the case of a bond, you will find that the value of the bond has Uh, inverse correlation with the interest rate movement. So let's take for a moment, I am holding a bond where the coupon I'm supposed to get is Mm. 8%. And let's say that the interest rate environment is such that the today's market rates are closer to 10. A person who wants to buy the bond will end up saying that I, when I purchase the bond, I will get only 8%. Whereas today I have an option of buying a bond in the market at the market rate of 10. So he will offer a different price for that bond and what that means is that the value of the bond reduces because he will want to purchase the bond at a discount so as to ensure that the coupon effectively that he gets will be closer to the market rate. Mm. So you will typically find that in a rising interest rate environment Mm. the value of the bond reduces. Mm. Conversely the other way around too that let's say I'm holding a bond at 8% and the interest rate goes down to 6 and Mm. of course the 8% bond is very attractive for a potential Mm. buyer Mm. but from a seller point of view I will not 
sell as the principal value mm. so there the value of the bond increases so when you have these movements up and down mm. you need to mark to market these movements or what you mm. call as a fair value mm. change now there are of course implications of this in the context of the three categories that we spoke about we also have to look at another concept and this is very unique in india is this whole thing of statutory liquidity ratio or slr mm. where mm. a certain percentage of the deposits which are held by the banks have to be kept mm. in mm. statutory liquidity ratio eligible securities mm. uh, when i say deposit the technical jargon is net demand and time liability but basically it means your accounts from a savings account current account and term deposits right 90% of the net demand time liabilities are actually deposits mm. and this is like a good reserve requirement that the regulators kept in india you know, to ensure the banking system remains robust now the requirement today is 18% mm. right so that's a huge amount of securities which have to be kept and mostly you will find banks in india keep them as investments in central government securities mm. or state development loans so mm. today 90% of this is in these two where the credit risk is very minimal mm. and two it's highly unlikely that you will mm. sell it because mm. you need to hold this minimum amount so now assuming i have to hold this amount if i had to do a quarterly valuation change it would mean that when the bank reports its numbers the profitability and capital ratio will go through unnecessary volatility mm. so it is in that context that the regulator actually first introduced this concept of held to maturity mm. uh, hft and afl back in 2000 mm. and subsequently in the year 2004 mm. allowed that you can have additional amount of security kept in the held to maturity bucket mm. which is up to what is effectively the slr ratio you can mm. assume that way mm. Mm. so when you do it it protects the banker from unnecessary valuation impact from the bond portfolio hold because it's highly unlikely that the bank will sell that security to realize and hence what is today say a unrealized mm. profit mm. or unrealized loss mm. it's unlikely it will get realized so if, because you're going to hold it to maturity sure. so in that context the regulator gave that benefit and said for a held to maturity on accounting you don't need to mark to market but at the same time such a huge quantum of securities are lying there you yes. need to give some flexibility to the banks mm-hmm. and you also need to give flexibility that let's say the environment interest environment turns other way around you may want to give the option to the bank to be able to move from hdm to afs mm. or vice versa mm. so mm. therefore they have allowed this to be done only once in a year the banks have the discretion to choose and that mm. is at the beginning of the year mm. so to say right at the beginning you please decide what you want to do so that that decision is taken and when you do make that change you need to account for the difference mm. between mm. the market value and book value at one time as a hit through your pnl and subsequently it will remain in the other category so for instance if it mm. is today an afs and moves to hdm mm. you already have marked to market it and then you would moved it into mm. the hdm and the other way around when it moves from hdm to afs you will need to revaluate based on the current market value take that one time hit and then henceforth end up recording it only in so this discretion is given to the banks on what they wish to do at that point and this transfer what you asked is allowed once a year at the beginning of the year by the regulator under the current guidelines and we will see most of the banks exercise the option right? yes i think every year the banks do take a decision to to exercise uh this decision is also influenced while apart from interest rate movement it's also influenced by what the regulator mm. wishes in terms of the quantum of funds to be kept in hdm so as we mentioned today for instance keeping in mind the last two years of covid 
23% actually mm. of the next demand and time liabilities can be kept by a bank in head to maturity bucket mm. this will come down progressively to 19.5% by march 2025 unless of course there is a change mm. that the regulator makes in it mm. so during this period you will find that the banks will will exercise this option to to bring down uh, the hdm book in proportionately fair enough um one of the reasons why the investment book of a bank came to limelight was whatever happened globally um in india do you ever foresee a situation where possibly the investment losses of a bank can wipe out the net profits at all so uh, i think india is very unique and i think we need to first understand the difference of what happened and the unfortunate situation in the us versus what is in india so firstly the depositor base in india is extremely granular mm. and mm. we have a lot of retail deposits mm. uh where you have a wholesale funded institution you have the risk that from a bank point of view there is a liability which is the deposits and the wholesale deposits could be called back at a shorter notice sure. and when that happens you will need to commensurate on your asset side have a liquid asset for you to be able to mm. sell or realize to mm. be able to pay off mm. i think the context in india is very different uh, the whole depositor base is fairly granular and you typically not seen a sudden outflow of deposits which comes from the liability side mm. second is you move to the asset side now mm. so when you look at the bulk of the balance sheet from an india point of view is loans loan which are floating rate uh, today with the external benchmark yes. rate and the mclr i think more than 90 95% of actually the loan book is gets repriced based on the external benchmark rates and hence you will find that actually in a rising interest rate environment you will find that the profitability of banks improve mm. because the asset side gets repriced much faster we saw it till the december quarter and most Correct. likely even in april now come to the investment side of the mm. book as we mentioned at the beginning a portion of the net demand and time liability of deposits has to be kept as a strategic mm. liquidity mm. which you are allowed to also keep in a held to maturity That's bucket mm. so in that context the book is protected from a potential valuation related risk or loss mm. so we feel it's highly unlikely that the situation that you saw unfortunately in us will come here uh, the challenges we saw in those few banks uh, there was also an alm mismatch in one of the banks sure. where they had made investments in fixed rate securities and mm. not a floating rate no, security so that was one challenge so effectively what was the unrealized loss in this situation got realized because you had to pay off the depositor base was highly concentrated and for a few other banks also they were more of specialized banks where there was a lot of crypto related exposures mm. uh, that is not something which we see in india so we do believe that the banking system in india is very different and well insulated mm. possibly boring banking is better banking <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just wanted to understand a couple of more things from you so we are at a juncture where adopting global standards for accounting isn't too far away uh, we're going to be uh, seeing banks adopted for the provisioning related aspects as well i presume there are some differences even on the investment side uh, can you can you possibly help us understand how aligned is indian accounting standards to global standards as far as uh, treating investment book is concerned and is there any worry at all for indian banks if we have to adopt the global norms got it. so i'll first take up the answer from the mm. investment book point mm. of view mm. so today when you have to account for the investments uh, as i mentioned at the beginning there is three categories mm. held to maturity held mm. for trading and mm. available for sale Mm. for a held to maturity there mm. is no need to mark to market the investments mm. in the case of a held for trading or mm. available for sale 
we do have to do a fair market valuation mm. in a hft book is done typically in a monthly basis mm. and in afs book is actually done in quarterly basis mm. now when it comes to indes the concept is very similar mm-hmm. the held to maturity book uh, there is no need to do a revaluation and you will there will not be a mark to market accounting impact and for an hft and afs book too there will be a fair market valuation change which is to be done on a more frequent basis so today the system that the banks are following we expect that will be a very similar system of course the final guidelines from rbi will have to come in mm-hmm. but based on the initial discussion paper and the draft guidelines rbi's thought process also is to keep it similar the other areas of course the expected credit loss on the investments mm-hmm. uh here too if you see 90% of the investments which are there from the slr point of view are actually in central government securities mm. or state development mm. routes where the credit mm. risk is minimal and the expectation is that there will not be much of an expected credit loss requirement there mm-hmm. to the extent you have a non slr investment uh, there will be a requirement to get into the rating of those bonds mm. and look at the pd and the agd and that we will need to probably evaluate on a case to case basis but the bulk of banks investments book in india is typically in central government or state government securities there should not be much of a pd or a there should not be any sort of a revaluing or in when it comes loss. to the government securities yes. absolutely correct mm. so only to the extent of the non statutory liquidity ratio eligible securities which could be in other corporate bonds there will be an element of expected credit loss or provisioning which may need to do But, but I think in India we also have a limit on how much can be towards corporate bonds. Absolutely. Part of investment book and things like that. Absolutely correct. So today, if you see from the investment book itself, firstly because there is a higher limit allowed for HTM, mm. a significant portion of the investment book is held to maturity, and most of that is also in SLR securities. So mm. there is very limited non-SLR securities that Indian mm. banks mm. keep, mm. and hence we do believe that the impact specifically on the investment book will be fair. And we can't do any. Uh, uh jazzy portfolio like a uh, um md uh, i mean your mortgage backed securities and stuff those concepts don't even there aren't even there in india right now so that also pretty much insulates the right. system that, that's correct i think the regulators have done a great job in ensuring <laughs> that uh, the investment portfolio there's a clear mandate on where you can put your money yeah. and you know, mostly find that uh, with the large borrowing program that the government itself has uh, the banks end up investing most of the investment Great. Just last two aspects I would want to touch upon. You had also talked about it earlier. The uh, limits are to come down to 19 and a half from 23, which is the current level um, on uh, the SLR aspect. Would that have any accounting implication for Indian banks? That's one part. The second part is on the AFS HTM treatment. If uh, it, globally the practice, as I understand, is that if banks were to transfer HTM instruments to AFS, the revaluation of the M2M has to be taken on the entire HTM book and not just the part that is getting carved out to AFS. In India, we follow the latter practice. So, if we were to see any change in law, how would that also have an implication on us? so first part on this i think uh, as i said india is very unique in terms of this requirement of a statutory liquidity ratio and mm. a clear definition of which all securities mm. can the investments be paid so we do believe based on the current paper discussion paper and guidelines rbi has put out so far it's highly unlikely that they will be adopting a system where the entire hgm book will have to be marked to market when you do a movement of a portion of the book i think it will remain similar to what is done today wherein the portion of the book which moves from hgm to afs is where but isn't it not best practice to revalue the entire book so the uh, concept of a revaluation is to be looked at in also the context that 
what is the likelihood of it being realized okay and in india as we mentioned two aspects deficit side fairly granular steady with a good renewal rates and the requirement to also hold a portion of these deposits as the net demand mm. and time liabilities in mm. in statutory liquidity ratio eligible securities so that means there is a floor of a minimum amount of investments that you need to keep in sri eligible securities so both of these together will mean as a high very very high likelihood mm-hmm. the securities will be held till the maturity itself so if the securities are going to be held till maturity what you have is just a notional accounting which actually mm. can create unnecessary distortions when there is limited likelihood of an actual realization of the investments uh, if you had a situation theoretically where there was likely to be a realization of these losses yes i think what you would say makes sense but this mm. is highly unlikely in the unique i would say indian context of how the mm. slr works and how the nature of our deposit are great thank you so much for this yeah, thanks so much hope you enjoyed listening in as much as we enjoyed presenting it to you thank you do join us next fortnight for yet another promising and interesting and very topical conversation for now it's your host hamsani kartik signing off